gonna talk a little and squeeze it from the inside. I'm gonna use all my muscles, let pressures fall and rise. I'm gonna make shapes, make some shapes with my mouth, with his mouth. Push a little in between them. Say what? That's what I'm talking about. Wait a minute. All right, everybody. Garrett Anderson coming at you live. August, Tuesday, August 23rd, 2016. Um, got my phone in airplane mode, so you've got my undivided attention. Taking the occasional sip of tea as I'm getting over being under the weather. I've had a spot of a sore throat. A spot of a sore throat for a couple days. Uh, that's kind of bugging me and got me a little bit grumpy and tired. Been trying to sneak naps in where I can to get some rest. So uh, drinking a little Johar, Joshanda tea. Um, it's pretty delicious. I guess it's like Indian maybe or some Asian Indian um, type of tea, which is uh, soothing, very soothing on the throat. And uh, yeah, so another uh, live at you here. Um, GarrettAndersonMusic.com is of course the hub for everything. And uh, there's some pretty cool momentum happening right now. I just put up a demo plus of a song called Birds or Wishing Well. Um, that uh, the Garrett Anderson band used to play. And uh, Tristan Gilbert brought a chord progression. Uh, the drummer at the time brought a chord progression to the group. And it was like, hey, man, um, he called it Revenge of the Birds. Because in the recording, it was apparently like an early morning. Um, he had worked a night shift, I think, got home, was strumming on the acoustic out in the, the early morning. Excuse me. And um, this, uh, the birds were chirping. So there, there's all these birds chirping on the recording. And so he just titled it Revenge of the Birds. I don't know. Um, just as a, you know, a name to, to put to the chord progression. There were no words at the time. So we brought it to the band. And, and the band was like, yeah, this is kind of groovy. Let's, let's groove to it. And then it was my job to, uh, or, or I took it as my job and ran with it to add some words. So I was, I remember I was commuting home and I was listening to, uh, the chord progression demo that Tristan had sent along and the phrase shadows on a wishing well came to me and I was like what is that phrase like I just kind of hum you know shadows on a wishing well uh, there's this cool part in the progression where there's this like a little extra bar it's not quite four bars of four kind of thing um, there's a little bit of a rhythmic hiccup in there and uh, that phrase fit in that slot pretty well and I said oh, okay that's pretty cool I, I like that as a hook shadows on a wishing well you know it had a little bit of uh of uh you know, angst about it. And, and I was like, there's got to be a story to tell around this. So the verses, uh, which tell this cool story about like this revenge, vengeful justice moment. Um, I'll let you listen to the tune. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, I included the lyrics and the tune is up on SoundCloud. So go check that out. Um, it's got a little uh, tag um, of of, of a clip of the band playing it at the end of the acoustic version so that's uh it qualifies as a demos plus because it's a mashup of a live take um with with a demo um so you'll get a, a feel for the tune and 
in its um, acoustic setting as well as in the full band setting. Also, a uh, couple gigs in the works. There's a possibility of doing a corporate gig here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And goodness knows there's a fair bit of those. So uh, that would be a fun thing to tap into and to continue doing, um, as well as a, a fundraiser, a fundraiser, fundraiser, a fundraiser for the Oak Creek watershed um, in mid-September. So uh, again, all the details of for everything is at GarrettAndersonMusic.com. Uh, the live batches are going to be a, a little bit sprawling, a little bit freeform, long long form conversation style. Um, but I did graduate to um, from the back of an envelope, scribbling a couple ideas for the live at you on the back of an envelope to. Um, writing them down on the computer so I can just glance down and I've got this live at you notes in my uh, in my word program here so uh, so yeah I, I thought this right before hitting the record button and it made me chuckle what would you think of a character in a story like a book who their first line like imagine if this was the opening line of a book and the character said I like to have my first sip of tea while the water is still swirling from stirring in my sugar. You know, what kind of character would that be? Would it be a, a man or a woman? You know, I think you can imagine that, right? You just stirred some sugar into your tea. I didn't stir sugar into my tea, but the johar is loose and it just sort of like dissolves into the water. So the um, it had the same effect. Um, so I stirred my tea and then I went to take a sip of it because I was like, ooh, that's going to feel nice on my throat. And uh, I was like, ooh, the water's still swirling from stirring. And uh, I thought it would be a silly little thing to share here before getting into the bus stop update. Um, so if you've listened to a couple of the previous live hatches, I've talked about getting my daughter on the bus. Um, I don't remember which one that was, but... Um, so the saga continues. So show up at the bus stop it's my daughter who's first grader and i usually have my little one my my four-year-old in tow um so two kids there this other mom um dropped her son off that we met this was the lady that i almost uh clotheslined or practically did clothesline with jack's leash when we were running for the bus on the second day of school um and then so her son um, and then another mom comes out and there's two boys that are typically running around with her. And one of them is hers and one of them is a neighborhood kid. The bus stop is at the, at the entrance of a community. So it's not up at the corner at the light where I thought it was, uh, the first day of school, actually back further towards the, uh, a community entrance. Um, that's why, we, you know, we were running with the dog and the stroller and everything, um, that day that we thought it was up at the corner so it's not up at the corner it's at this entrance to a community and there's people that live like right there like their their backyard or front yard is basically the bus stop right and we've got a bunch of kids and the kids are kind of running around and it turns out a little old lady inhabits this house that's right against the street you know next to the street next to the bus stop there's a house and this little lady she kind of comes out and she's quiet and mousy and meek and frail and she just kind of toddles about and looks around and and looks at the kids and points at us and like is trying to get us to rein it in basically i think the first time we interacted with her she was like hey you can't be doing this or that and 
you know, keep them off the, you know, we're like, okay, cool. Trying to rein in these kids that are running around, um, and not causing any problems, but you know, I get it. That's probably their, their personal space. Right. So with her, I've got absolutely no beef. It's like, Hey, we'll stay out of your property, but lady, you know, it's really not your business. If our kids want to you know jump up and down off the curb or something, you know, not into the street, but kids will be kids, right? We need to give them a certain amount of leash or they're just going to go nuts. Right. If we try to hold that leash too tight. So that lady, I'm sure, or I, uh, I suspect um, raised this to an HOA dude, like I guess maybe the head of the HOA. And the next day we're out there, so this was at the end of last week, we're out there and the kids, okay, so in Arizona there's also these washes, right? I guess anywhere there's a water management system, there's sometimes these drain ditches, right? Well, the one that's outside of this development is pretty massive. It's this huge rock gully ditch that's made up of big boulders and then smaller rocks too with um, a tunnel dug into... uh, into the earth, you know, so that this water can rush under the roadways. Um, this was the roadway leading into the community. So a pretty short tunnel and boys will be boys, right? We're talking elementary school age boys here. They want to go run down there and play on the rocks and go in between in and out the tunnels and pop out on the other side. Ah, oh, you know, it's so fun. Run back in. Um, I was making cracks about like, Hey, you know, you might find a teenage mutant ninja turtle down there, you know, is having a good time, and um, even Emma was like, hey, I want to go run, you know, my daughter, my first grader, she's like, hey, I want to go down and check out the tunnels, and I was like, you know what, that makes me a little nervous, but I'm proud that she wanted to be adventurous, and I was like, you know what, that's great, because she's, you know, she's like me, she's a little timid, um, so I was like, yeah, go be adventurous, like, go, yeah, go check it out, so I was encouraging her to go down there, and of course, she's, the boys are running around on it like crazy, and she's, like, carefully taking her steps, but I'm, it's like, hey, go at your own pace, you be safe about it, but go play, like, that's fantastic, so I was celebrating that moment, um, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the first time that, that we hung out at the bus stop, so that a couple of days later, the, the kids are looking to do that again. Um, okay, so again, we're at the end of last week um, in the ditch. The kids are playing in the ditch, and this guy with the HOA comes out, and the, um, the mom with the two boys, um, one, of, one of whom is hers, one of whom is the neighborhood kid that runs around, um, she is a resident there. So she has like some business getting into it with these people. And she had warned me that morning. She goes, you know what? I reread the HOA rules and it doesn't say anything about not playing on these grassy areas and these rock era areas. So she came prepared for a fight and I was like, "Uh Oh, <laughs> this lady means business and she's going to hold her own. Um, so this guy comes up and he's like, Hey, you can't be down there. And she immediately goes into like, hey, I reread the rules and it's not in there. So she, she kind of jumped off on the wrong foot too. Um, this is not all about him, but then he immediately loses his cool. He's like, well, I just told you, so that should be good enough. And it's implied. And she's like, sir, you know, my boys want to go play down there. I'm a resident here. I don't want to cause trouble, but this is a space that should be up for anyone to play in. And he's like, well, it's unsafe condition and you've been warned. So get them out, get them out of there. Um, or, you know, we'll, we'll call the police. 
right? And now I'm like, oh boy, this escalated quickly. And I, I honestly did, I wanted to say something. I wanted to step in. I think I might've said like, hey, let's keep it civil or something like that. But I was pretty standoffish about it. I was like, you guys sort that out. This escalated really fast and it's unfortunate. It's a misunderstanding. This guy I'm sure has his heart in the right place, right? He wants kids to be safe, but we are arguing, me and this other mom, that it's like up to our discretion, right? We will obey the rules and we will be safe up to a point, but also up to a point we need to let our kids play and explore and discover the world, right? We would not want them down in the ditches playing when it was, thun you know, storming out, right? Because they could get swept away by the rivers that, ha you know, flash flood river. That's where it's designed to, to go out of, right? We understand that. We're watching these kids play, and we're, you know, we can see that it's not a storm right now. So we're willing to take that risk that they're going to stumble and bruise their, their knees and maybe cut up their elbows. But hey, you know, kids will be kids. They got to learn. Um, if anything, I was like, this dude should, should fucking know. Like he grew up in the time where I imagined he was just like, all right, go out and play. You know, here's a lunch. Go go play in the park. I mean, if that really was the America that uh, that is sort of remembered in nostalgia, right? This idea of kids meeting up in the neighborhood and no cell phones and just like, uh, you know, come home for dinner, right? And I was like, these, our kids experience a very different world that's very micromanaged and very schedule oriented and very super supervised, right? You know, we live in an urban um, environment where cars are zipping around, and yeah, you, I don't really feel comfortable. Maybe my kids are young, and maybe I'll do this when I'm older. I don't know. But at this age, we were like, hey, we're doing what we need to do. We're supervising these kids. Um, the, the, actually, the one kid that their parent doesn't come out, I'm like, okay, we'll look at that, you know, case in point. But also, we don't really have control over that kid. We're like, we're not his parent. Like, we can ask him not to do it. But if he doesn't listen to us, we're not an authority to this kid other than being an adult. Um, but uh, we, you know, we don't even think the rule should be not to play on the rocks. So I'm like, wow, that was a really unfortunate interaction. And this guy like gets all red and, and this girl gets all red in the face and they kind of you know, agree to disagree angrily. And I was like, ooh, that didn't go. You know, the bus comes and the kids hop on the bus, which helps ease tensions. And then it was like, well, the saga's over today. And, and he was like, I better not catch you out there. I don't know what he said. I prob that's probably a dramatization. But you know, I didn't didn't leave off on good terms or, or terms or any sort of resolution. Um, and, you know, frankly, I was upset about the way he talked to this woman because it was entirely inappropriate, just the tone that he was taking. Um, and I also felt bad that the kids had to witness this. You know, the kids are seeing adults bicker over something um, and argue over the rules and threaten to call the authorities. It's like when there was no initial conversation of like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm Bob, I'm in the community here and just wanted to touch base with you guys. You know, like there could have been a different tone set from the onset. Um, so it was just, it was unfortunate. And I'm sure Emma noticed. We haven't really talked about it too much, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to have to pick her brain a little bit and ask her what she thought, um, if she had opinions about that. So, um, it was just like, you know, if anything, I thought that this guy was going to appreciate that kids were running around and enjoying his community, right? Livening it up. 
you know, youth is something that that should be celebrated, right? Um, but, you know, this guy doesn't think so. <laughs> Maybe he didn't run around as a kid, um, or it's been so long that he forgot the joy of it and the, you know, that, that a parent gets to let their kids have a little bit of a leash, right? Not too long, but not too short either. Um, and it just, it strikes me as, um, it reminds me that I, I, I'm observing a lot of what is considered to be comfortable and, and good in this world is like a customized experience, right? So I think this guy was overstepping his bounds a little bit, demanding a customized experience. He was saying, this is uncomfortable for me. I'm, I'm going to infringe upon your liberty to make these choices and tell you, you cannot be there. And part of me took an affront as like an American. I was like, wait a minute, like this guy is trying to infringe on my liberty. I think, right, if there is actually no rule that says you can't do it, even though he goes, uh, he goes, well, there's a stupidity law in Arizona and you've been warned it's unsafe conditions, right? And I'm like, I don't even know if that's true. I went and Googled it and there is something about a stupid motorist law in Arizona. If you drive into flash floods and they have to use emergency services to rescue you or get your car out. Right. Um, and you, you know, you disobeyed, uh, I don't know if you have to disobey anything. If you drive into running water, they're like, Hey, you've been warned. If you drive into running water and we have to rescue you, we are going to bill you for the expense right? That's the stupid motorist law in Arizona. But I didn't look that long, but that was the only one that jumped out. Um, I didn't see anything about a general stupidity law in Arizona. So I was like, um, that sounds like BS to me. So, um, you know, if we weren't really breaking any laws, right, or rules or HOA governances, that's another thing too. It's like, okay, so your HOA gets to enforce the you know, write and, and enforce rules, like with whose authority and, and what legality is that, right? Is that like they get to make their own legal laws in an HOA? I don't know. Bylaws? I'm going to have to talk to this realtor buddy in my neighborhood that I bump into when I'm walking Jack sometimes. Bumped into him um, right before recording this. That's why I was thinking about him. He, uh, I picked his brain a little bit about the various ways that uh, we use the word escrow and the different things that it can mean. Um, and he explained to me this realtor version of, of why he said he was talking about something about work and talked about escrow. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, tell me more. I'm always up to learn about that kind of stuff, especially you know, that's the kind of stuff that need to be able to handle those logistics when they arise. So it's good to be... Um, a little bit aware, a little bit informed of the definitions and the terminology. Um, anyway, so so we wanted to use this public space to let our kids run around in, right? Um, public slash private. I don't know if it's if it's part of the HOA. I, again, I, I'd like to see what the rules are so that I know how to think about this interaction. Re, I mean, I know how I think about it. The tone sucked. This guy was aggressive this girl started off very defensive and it only got worse from there. Um, so that's kind of how I feel, but what, what do I think about the experience that would have to be informed by a thorough context of what the, the actual bylaws are for the HOA and blah, 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 blah. He goes, what do we have to put up a sign that says stay off the rocks? 
And in my head, I was like, sign, sign, everywhere, sign. <laughs> breaking up the scenery, uh, breaking my mind. Do this, don't do that, can't you read the sign? Um, <laughs> the sign song. Um, uh, you know, and I was like, yeah, that is kind of BS, man. You're infringing upon my liberty so that you can have a customized experience. Um, and uh, so I'll, I'll keep you posted. That's kind of where it left off. Um, this woman's going to follow up with her property manager. And uh, the bus stop is, is currently still the bus stop, although they were threatening to have the bus stop taken away. Um, again, very aggressive. Don't know if that's within their authority. So I'm like, eh, geez, I just want peace. I'm, I'm a middle child. I've got an older sister and a younger sister. I'm a middle child. I just want peace, man. Just want peace. Just want to smooth it over. Or even if it sucks, let's be civil about smoothing it over. Um, yeah, so. And then I was walking. Uh, I, this is so that I'm definitely within the routine here today. I've got my hat and sunglasses on, my headphones on, just walked the dog. Um and uh, uh, the wife and kids will be home in a little bit. Uh, so while I was walking the dog, this, this guy um, drives in. And it's, it's a small little community with a little circle that people drive through. And he's driving a truck. And uh, I, I'm there on the corner with my dog. And I'm, like, looking right at him. And I'm, I'm sure he acknowledged that I was there when he was driving up. Like, he, he didn't acknowledge that I was there. I mean, I'm sure he, uh, like, observed it that I was there. But as he passed, he did not acknowledge that I was there, right? No wave, no eye contact, no head nod, no nothing, right? And I was like, that's kind of weird. You're the one car on the street, and I'm the one guy standing on the sidewalk. You'd think there would be some sort of like, hey, I see you. I'm not going to run into you. Or like, hey, I see you. What's up? Um, just driving through the neighborhood. You know, um, maybe that's maybe that's just me. And I, I, I admit that there's a time and place for everything, right? Like if you're walking... Um, you know, it's kind of like a small towny neighborhood kind of vibe, though. It's like be neighborly in a neighborhood. If there's people in your general vicinity, shouldn't you acknowledge that they're there? Um, granted, he was in a vehicle and I was walking my dog. So maybe I'm being a little bit grumpy about it. Um, uh, maybe more of the after effect of, of being a little bit under the weather. But, uh, yeah, and I was like, you know what, it is kind of a bummer when people don't make eye contact on, on when you're passing them. Like, even at my workplace, I'll notice, like, people are just sort of, like, shuffling along, and then they look down when they pass you. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, I'm always looking at people in the eye, or, you know, I want to give them a little nod, like a little, hello, human, I don't know you, but fare thee well, right? <laughs> is that, is, is that bizarre? Is that, uh, is that the way it used to be? Is that just a small town thing? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you like to, you know, and, and then the funny thing too, is that creates that long hallway awkward dynamic, is like, if you see someone down the hall, and you've got a long way, you're walking towards each other, you've got a long time until you bump into each other, you have to time it really well to do the head nod eye contact hello i see you there like hey how's it going oh pretty good you all right good and then you pass and then it's wrong you know like on with your life right it's not going to be this big thing but just a little humanity just a little goddamn humanity that's all i'm asking for a little acknowledgement of my existence and my dogs 
you know, he's driving a big pickup truck, like, pretty much right at us, because we're on a corner, and there's a little bend, and I'm like, hey, it would be nice to know that you're going to bend in the road, but nope, all we get is he's leaning on his uh, steering wheel, turning it, and just, you know, he looks away, um, and I was like, all right, and again, I'm just being grumpy, it's not a big deal, I'm sure if I go see this guy out in the neighborhood, if we see him at the, the community pool or something, I'm sure it'll be great, but uh, it just sort of reminded me of a pet peeve, and then I dwelled on it for a little bit. But uh, and it is different, different, different behaviors for different spaces and places, right? If you are walking along the streets of New York City, of course you're not going to acknowledge every single person that you see. So maybe this guy's a city dweller. Um, I don't know. Uh, that'd be hysterical if you tried to meet everyone that you passed on the street in a major city. And you, <laughs> I'm sure it'd be a funny gag. I gotta maybe look that up, see if somebody's done that. That I would watch that for a, a stupid laugh. You would get nowhere. What if you try? You had something to do. You were like trying to go to a, a restaurant, or try to go. Put a piece of mail in the, to the post office, or in the mailbox for that matter. Just all the people you pass. You're like, hello, how are you? That would be extreme, right? And also, if you go to a music festival um, or, you know, some sort of camping event or a big market event, right, where there's, like, it's supposed to be a lot of strangers coming together. Maybe then, you know, you're at a concert. Maybe then you don't have to stop and try to say hi to everybody. But, but then if you're at the concert and you're in the hallway for the bathroom and there's, like, one other dude, maybe a little courtesy, like, hey, man, you know, how you doing good like you enjoying the show or just hey or just a head nod it doesn't even have to be words just a head nod being like yo you exist i exist we're both going to the bathroom cool no one's psycho here right i mean if i'm going to be around someone i kind of want to gauge real quick if i think they're agitated or if they're at ease right if they're going to be a little bit psycho i'd like to know that going into it although sometimes the psychos will let you know um Oh, there was this poor woman at our uh, community pool a couple summers ago that was just really, really agitated in the shower. I, I'm convinced she was on some sort of hard drugs. Uh, my wife thinks it was meth, probably, but definitely some sort of speed or something because she was just yelling at herself in the shower and speaking in tongues. Like I couldn't. It sounded like she had an accent, but I wasn't sure. Uh, this middle-aged middle aged lady uh, taking a shower at the community pool, because I think that was, like, the one place she could take a shower. You know, she was, like, she wasn't just rinsing off after the pool. She was shampooing. Uh, or I don't know if she was shampooing, because that would be a pretty sane behavior for how crazy this lady was acting. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm going to want that sort of engagement. Um, if you're at a festival, right, and you're going, you know, maybe back at camp, when it's a smaller group of people... You acknowledge each other, right? Your neighbors come back. Um, I'm not. If you haven't been camping uh, to a camping festival before, typically what you can do is you park your car, and then you camp right outside your car, uh, maybe right behind it, and then some other people come in and park next to you and camp right behind their cars, and you make rows of tent cities basically, and you get you're pretty comfy with your neighbors. So if you if you're chilling with your boys throwing uh throwing some can jam or throwing back some beers um and your neighbors get there it's like it's a courtesy to be like hey guys you know welcome back 
and you're not hanging out together necessarily, but you acknowledge their existence. So um, speaking of which, that put me in the mood uh, talking about festival a little bit. It is the one-year anniversary of going to the Magna Ball Festival in upstate New York, which was a fantastic trip with really good buddies and uh, just a really, really great time. Um, so excellent audio to listen back on. The band was jamming. Um, if you haven't gathered, I'm a huge Fish fan. I love seeing their live performances. Um, they are musicians, musicians to me, right? Um, they're a musician's band. Uh, I really appreciate the risks that they take and the jams and the things that they do, the tones that they make, the, the collaboration, um, the silliness, the rocking, um, the grooving for sure. There's a lot to like about fish. There's a lot not to like uh, about them too. I get that. Um, my wife sometimes has a tough time getting past their vocals when their vocals aren't quite in sync. Um, and I explained to her, I'm like, well, you know what, honey, part of what fish fans love is that the band is willing to try, you know, they're willing to, to attempt it. And we give them credit for that. And she's like, huh? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it, <laughs> you know, about the singing, but uh, I'll give it to them sometimes when they sing. Oops, microphone bit, microphone cord bit. Um, sometimes when they're singing nicely, it sounds really good, right? Um, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, so one year anniversary of Magna Ball. Uh, in in the honor of a one-year anniversary i'm going to play a quick fish tune called possum and then read this recap that i wrote uh, me and my buddies had a really nice time and um we were goofing around that uh, that we each had animal names right um so i was like man it's a jungle out there and i we had this list of funny shit that happened and, and funny stuff that people said and i was like you know what i bet i can weave in most of those snippets of memory into this narrative about the jungle so i thought i would uh, wrap up today's live at you with a reading of that and uh without further ado here is a quick rendition i'm just gonna get in here we go pick up my old trusty guitar Play a little possum for you. I come from top of mountain, baby, where the people come to pray. I come from top of mountain, baby. People come pray. Ain't no truth in action unless you believe what they say. I was riding down the road one day, someone hit a possum. And I was riding down the road one day, someone. The road was his end, the end was their road, so they say. Oh, possum, 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 possum. 
kids uh, thought that song was called Awesome when they were hearing it. Alright, that was fun. Alright, put you in the mood. Alright, here's a... Excuse me. Gotta switch over to this one here. Okay, gonna have a swig of tea and then get into it. There was an elephant, stallion, jaguar, and fox with a hammerhead in the lead. The elephant started his day with yoga and grub. The fox was sly and made sure his friends were within a shout. The fox knew a few of those around us, and they visited him, making it seem like all the jungle was a friend. Laughs were quick, but serious matters were discussed as well. They all showed off their prowess, in their own way, and together. Hammerhead had swam the waters and wanted a little Hammerhead to join him in his, which was proving difficult. There was a mutual admission of what is, and a sigh, and a swig. It made Jaguar and the rest count their blessings, which occupied a good bit. As it turns out, the Hammerheads did end up having a cute little Hammerhead, which made the animals happy. Stallion asked to be reminded that he was Stallion in the event he got spooked. There were three of them, at least, embarking onto uncharted perspective of space and time. Naturally, they were all embarking into an uncharted moment in time. If I get weird or can't handle it, remind me that I'm the Stallion. They would have to grab him by the shoulders, look into his eyes, bring him to earth and peace, and remind him. He was showing them his reins, just in case. Elephant would have to remind him to breathe. 
Elephant discovered the successful model of commerce in the universe. Elephant limbered up and brought one for the road. Elephant asked for less of something that he didn't want. In return, he got more of something that he did want. They met their jungle neighbors. There were other creatures that roamed into other places of moments. Neighbors on one side were a bit older. Neighbors on the other side were a bit younger. These creatures were somewhere in between. They would all converge from time to time for a time of pulses and beats. There was at least that in common. And that was enough. Anything in common was enough. Hammerhead was sticking to charted waters, but letting them get choppy to enjoy the ride. The others would have needed rafts or some such flotation device. They knew they were in for a long night. They cleared their calendars. Jaguar had been out on the prowl over the grounds getting a lay of the land. It all looked different in the daylight. There was phenomena and steps, a trip to the medical tent for an ingrown nail, a bite to eat, marking his territory, and a long, leisurely sit. If he had a tail, he flicked it with the playfulness that comes with living in the jungle. If he had ears, they startled and flexed at the faintest sound. Fox had celebrated the high holidays. He made sure his parents knew that he honored their tradition. Ancient takes forever to build and no time to forget. Sometimes a joke is as real as the thing. To Hammerhead, it was all making sense. The journey, the village, the celebration. There were so many ways to be loyal to the best part of it. Jaguar, Elephant, and Fox were glad that Stallion pulled in Hammerhead. Jaguar, Elephant, Fox, and Hammerhead were glad that Stallion pulled them all together. Regrouping was easy and essential. There was an effortlessness to the balance. There was an order to the jungle. They were all in the essence, after all. Like it or not. Stallion recognized and remarked about those doing God's work. The bubbles could get enormous. Stallion leaned over to Hammerhead to let him know that he could really go for the reprise. Hammerhead let Stallion know that everybody could really go for the reprise about now. The creatures took turns hitting the watering hole. Not everyone had cargo pockets, and there were only a few pretty kangaroos, and the ground became littered. This could be a buzzkill, but a bunch of someones volunteered to clean it up. It was thought of and accounted for by those who planned. Planned this bit, at least. Fox passed around what needed to be passed around. He was a catalyst, a facilitator, but not an administrator. No, this would be self-administered or not at all. He might not take as many steps, yet he somehow met you halfway. Elephant characterized the weirdness as professional. There was a bit of confusion over whether a part of the sign was dimmed by accident or on purpose, as a gag. As long as there are sleeves, there could be tricks up them. Hammerhead could smell blood in the water. The conspiracy theory was undeniable. With the right words, anyone can deny the truth. Stallion learned that there were places that were not good places to get some thinking done. Jaguar had to trust he could find his way back before he departed the group. He got his bearings and slinked through the crowd. The creatures knew not to shit where they danced. 
Mercifully, mercifully, the sweet smell of cloves did its best to mask the fowl. Jaguar saw Stallion's point about there being preferable places to ponder. Then he handled his business. He alerted the creatures that made up the crowd of his intention to pass with excited yelps, lest he startle or disturb them, and they let him through. He returned to Elephant, Stallion, Fox, and Hammerhead as Panther. The creatures affect the jungle, and the jungle affects the creatures. Stallion woke from a trance in agitation and discomfort with blurred vision. Stallion brought his hooves to his eye. The animals converged on Stallion with precision, providing light, clean water, perspective, and advice. There was a difference of opinion, and Panther reminded Stallion that no one knows a horse's eye better than a horse. Stallion gave a whinny, but quickly eased back into the merriment. There was no miracle, but there was no harm done. The fanfare had subsided for now. They began the trek back to provisions. Hammy called it as he saw it, which took bites out of his animal friends who had to hold their sides from laughter aches. Hammerhead stuck to his guns. He had charted many waters. By now it was dewy. The animal's vision was keen and noticed every droplet on every blade of grass. Their ears flicked and honed on the music floating out from the depths of a nearby ditch. The animals bantered about the ease with which an animal could preside as the authority over this dance mob. You, too, could be the mayor of your very own ditch party, had a certain ring to it. Alas, the dance lasted only as long as the dancers. The animals found their provision. Of course, Elephant knew all about water in trunks, to Fox's delight. Panther cracked a piece of tooth off on a midnight snack. Fox knew a dentist nearby and reminded him of the oath he took as a healer. Though in a hurry, the dentist did see Panther for an after-hours visit in his office under the stars. He had an instinct for bedside manner as he offered assurances that it was a non-emergency, suggested what was left of the tooth should be kept clean, and was off. Panther would spit out sunflower seed shells, but keep the rest of his teeth bone in place. Some of the jungle had grown up around them, and installations were assembled, or works in progress, at any rate somewhere on the spectrum of assembly or disassembly. The spectrum was at least three dimensions, and was the foodstuff of the animal's dominant senses. Their ears surfed on the sound waves. Hammy was particularly adept and in his element, yet somehow the others were no less so. They moved as a herd, or a chain in the narrow places, like sand in a jar of pebbles and marbles, how it glides and twists its way through the maze of rock and rolls into the great divides of the glass tube. Yes, like that they went. Elephant would never step on another elephant, no matter how small. He was offended if anyone thought otherwise, but couldn't hold a grudge because, after all, they were trying to protect elephants. The merriment concluded, at least for now, and the animals stamped, trotted, swam, prowled, and strutted toward the wacky inflatable flailing arms, having nowhere else to be at the moment and not wanting to wait in the line back to the rest of the jungle. 
The music got louder, and then there were smells. The smells, music, and sights would have had to suffice until the tastes and feelings could be enjoyed. They let some rowdy animals clear out. It was fine commerce. Elephant approved and patronized with fervor. The hour was late, or early if you prefer. The point was every moment was a moment closer to sunrise. Exhausted, exhilarated, unusual yet functional enough, the animals settled into rest. Stallion was restless at first and not convinced there would be any rest. Fox reassured him. Panther giggled. Elephant led by example. Hammy brushed his many rows of teeth. Rest came, eventually, even to Stallion. The sun came, too. They eased into the day. It was a new day, after all, and required deference and reverence. Each animal was very much themselves, and at the same time, also everyone and everything else. Panther noticed an upside-down flag at a camp nearby and checked if there was any distress. Thank goodness there wasn't. Elephant continued to commerce, sense, and stretch. Hammy was perfecting recipes. Fox noticed when Panther realized that a piece of trash that he had held since the night before was not actually his friend or his responsibility. At the realization, Panther felt bittersweet and amused and tossed the cardboard tube into the trash. Stallion improvised with crushed chips and pickles in his drink. They met a kangaroo who was friends with the bees and her boyfriend. They played games and laughed and appreciated the best things in life. They had old thoughts and new ones. They cashed in some of their liberty. The dental, the dentist visited and told a story about fearing he had woken up deaf one morning when he fell asleep with earplugs in the night before. Panther thanked him for seeing him the previous night to check on his tooth. The dentist looked confused and admitted to Panther, Last night I thought you were an alligator. There was at least one more night, which was just as well. Jungles come and jungles go. I'm Garrett Anderson. Take it easy out there, everybody. Peace.